The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. What this says here, when a, once a republic becomes corrupted, there's no possibility of redeeming it of the growing evils but by removing the corruption. What the question is, is why republic when everything we're talking about is democracy? Well, this is part of Satan's plan. We're not a democracy. And see, that's what we've had. The revisionists change everything. We need to spread democracy. We don't need to spread democracy. We need to spread republic forms of government. That is a friend of Medjugorje from December 2006. Every Thursday, we come here to the Radio Wave studio and share with you the words from a friend of Medjugorje. As we mentioned on the 25th broadcast, he is working on a very important book right now. And for today's broadcast, we wanted to take a step back to something that we've never really played before. This is actually from an encounter with a friend of Medjugorje from December of 2006. This was right in the midst of the book, Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, and we were intrigued by a lot of what he was saying because his terminology and a lot of the things that you hear him say today, he was saying back then, 15 years ago. It's amazing all of the things that have happened since that period of time, and we see that a lot of his words were very prophetic. And again, we've brought this up before, but his 
view, his world view, his discernment is informed by the messages. And it's incredible to hear him speak from 15 years ago. And a lot of what he is saying, we are now today hearing people repeating his words. So here is a friend of Medjugorje from December 2006. We don't need to spread democracy. We need to spread republic forms of government. And what's the difference? How can it be that 10,000 people vote for something and lose to 10,001 people? All the forefathers said one of the worst forms of government was a democracy. They said and had the belief through history and studying history that democracies end up tearing themselves to pieces. Democracies actually don't work in the end. They don't last. They end up in mob rule and bloodshed. And most people don't know this. They're not being educated this. We're a republic. What is the difference? A republic is guided by a set form of laws and rules we go by. In a republic, because 10,000 people vote for something and 10,001 people don't, if it's not within the structure of the republic, it can't be. In other words, it's wrong to kill in our republic. So you can't have abortion in that. You can't have euthanasia. You can't have many things that's taking place. But if it's a democracy, or if we can change a revisionist who changed history, if they can change this to make everybody believe we're a democracy, you can vote and say it's okay not only to kill the unborn, you could have a vote. Our Congress could vote and say it's okay to murder anybody you want to. Never. Never, never. It's a lie. We've got a problem. We've let sources teach us this. We do things in a democratic way, yeah. We vote and we do that. But all that vote has to be within the confines of our constitutions and our law. But the Declaration declares inalienable rights. This rights that a democracy takes away that our republic government can't take away. It won't take away. But we've quit following that. And that's why we're in trouble. So we got to go back to our republic and learn what a republic is. It's much more than I can explain to you now because it's so close and we've been so conditioned we don't even understand it anymore. So this democracy is, is a bad, bad form of government. You can't have 10,001 people telling 10,000 other people what to do. They have to all had to abide by a set of rules of conduct and law. Our constitution, our declaration. The book could go into this. It doesn't just talk about, it's not just constitution, it's declaration. We're in declaration time. We're not in constitution time. And again, it'll go into that. You say, what's this got to do with the messages, politics? We're to apply the messages that are related to everything and again have that Christian worldview slant on what we're to think and how we're to think. We've let other people tell us how to think and we don't know how to think anymore. We've got everybody else doing our thinking. And that's hence why we're in trouble. And we feel something within our being want to challenge that. We don't have the verbiage or the education because we've been educated their way. It's too deep to go into. The book is really simply written, but it's very deep about what it goes into. It's the first crossover we know that would appeal to a lot of people because Protestants need it just as much as Catholics need it. Atheists need it just as much as Christians need it. There'll be atheists... That once, read, once they read this, understand it, knows it's going to be to the advantage. Just like many Jewish people who are Orthodox Jews want to live in a Christian nation. 
because they know they got the maximum protection underneath those principles. And so we've got this where you're going to be able to talk about several different things and, and not even have to mention Our Lady, and Our Lady's with it. And that's what we have to do. We have to apply again to cross over to that. We have to begin in all areas of life apply that. We've got a whole lot of writing to do about our food chain. We've got a whole lot of writing to do about the economy. All based on the messages. But a lot of the topics are going to be very appealing to a lot of people. Very appealing. And that's some of the things we're trying to get to now. So we've gone to a metamorphosis of you know, the spiritual life. But it's, apply, it's, it's time to apply the spiritual life just as our forefathers did. 60% of the Constitution is directly from the Bible. 90% of it is either directly or indirectly from it. They use Leviticus. Do you read Bible quotes in the Constitution? No, but the principles are there. And that's what we've had taken away from us. So it's time to cross that over. And this book will be something that we can't do it. We need people out there that will do that. Because it's not going to be a one-month project. The next two years, this concept needs to be pushed. Because it will result in change the more people that get it. It would change your thinking. And that's the purpose of the book. You want to read that question on our site. Madge, somebody asked a question similar to that, which we'll read that one too, so we can answer it the same way. I have difficulty generally with the apparitions at Medjugorje due to its condemnation by the bishops. Please explain why we should be disobedient to the church about Medjugorje. My pastor also warned me that the church has not approved this side of apparitions. But you're asking more about being isolated in the parish, right? Well, maybe I can answer both those at the same time. That's part of the, the movement. When we first met the Medjugorje, we didn't know anybody that knew about Medjugorje. So it's up to your witness to spread that. That's how you, you have to go back and look and start. And that's how a lot of people changed our nation. They started with very few people. Our Lady wants to make a worldwide movement of all of man across the world, all mankind. And that starts with you. And you may be the only one in your parish. If you start addressing things and just go to holy hours, you start praying, God will run across someone else, and from there it starts. Most prayer groups start with one person. And from there they attract somebody else, and then from there it grows. So that's addressing that. In regards to the other question, what do we do about, are we being disobedient to the church? How are we being disobedient to the church? Priest has warned this questionnaire about Medjugorje is not approved. What, What kind of question is that? So what Medjugorje is not approved? What does that mean? Medjugorje doesn't have to be approved. We would not have Fatima today if people didn't follow it. There was, I think, a 12-year period till approval happened, somewhere about that time, that people were going to Fatima and they were going praying. Had that happened and nobody kept a loyalty and a devotion up, why would the church look at it? What motivates the church to look at it? Because people are following something. When people follow something, they eventually have to look at that and say, we've got to take a look at it. Any apparition that occurs and dies, you'll never hear again about it. There's no use for it. That's actually the evidence that something's not there. I talked to a priest, it was last summer, who had a dramatic call to Medjugorje. He went there. And years later, he wouldn't want nothing to do with Medjugorje. I asked him if he believed in it. He says, yes, I believe in it. I said, well, why don't you want to go back? He said, I don't want to go back. I said, but why? He says, because I don't want to do what, what the messages say to do. I have to fast. I don't like fasting. He was honest with me and candid. 
The problem is, is a lot of these people, you go to pastors and they say, well, it's not church approved. What are they hiding behind? I mean, it don't take a lot of evidence to realize the fruit of Medjugorje. What's their agenda? I'm not deceived by this. Oh, the church hasn't approved that. Father, what are you hiding behind? What don't you like about Medjugorje? What don't you want to do? And that goes for any lay person that says that. We are obedient to the church and doing what we're doing because the church says private revelations can be spread. If there's anybody disobedient, it's the person presenting an argument against it that we can't do. The church gives us this right. You have the right to spread the messages of Medjugorje. And nobody but the church can stop that. And the church has not stopped that. I don't buy it that there's any legitimacy to anybody, be a layman, priest, whoever, where the church hasn't approved it. Be honest and say, I don't approve it. Who are you to give a judgment that the church has not given yet? And that's what that is. That's a judgment, stealth answer. What amazes me more than anything is people go by. They say, oh, okay, I'll be disobedient. You're not disobedient. You're not disobeying anybody. Is the bishop against Medjugorje? And most are certainly, but he does not have jurisdiction to rule whether Medjugorje is approved or not. He's got some legitimate gripes because there's been disobedience in the parish house. It's all legitimate. And that's where the problem lies. And that spills over into Medjugorje. But the authority for the local bishop has been pulled to rule in this case. And the Vatican has not, has not condemned Medjugorje. And until it does do that, and it will not do that, the church will not condemn Medjugorje. Until it does do that, if it were to do that, you are free to spread it and have devotion to it. And nobody can stop you. Because the church laws gives you the right to spread private revelations. Why is the church never going to do that? The church cannot allow something this big in every diocese of the world for 25 years to grow and continue if it wasn't going to already condemn it. So it's not going to happen. And even if it did in the beginning days, John of Arc was condemned. Several bishops and priests did that. The whole commission did it. She's a saint of the church. Medjugorje, it's impossible for it to go that way now. And I'm convinced that it's not important that the church approve it. We don't have to have official approval of Medjugorje. Medjugorje is so big. It's so beyond what we comprehend that Our Lady doesn't want ownership of this. Does God get tired? Does it sap some of his energy when he has to give the supernatural power for her to come appear upon the earth to the visionaries? That, oh, I'm tired after that. Is he tired after 25 years of doing that? Is he sapped? If it was important to God to have Medjugorje approved, Our Lady could appear to the bishop in Mostar and straighten him out real quick. Read that message. That's a message. Why has apparition not been given to the local bishop? Well, you don't get the bishop. Well, Archbishop Fran Franek from Split went incognito to Medjugorje because he wanted to see. Nobody knew he was there. He went into the apparition room, knelt down, and Our Lady gave him an interlocution. And he believed to his death right there in Split, two and a half hours away from Mostar. It was not his jurisdiction, but he frequently, I met him there, talked to him before he died. God gave that to him, but not the most our bishop. And it's not because he's evil. 
Read the message. What is that saying? God don't want that approved. Why? Because there's many elements in the church that would gravitate to Medjugorje to squash it. Our Lady, believe it or not, is coming for non-believers. Not just Catholics. It's not a Catholic thing. Our Lady is coming for Muslims. Our Lady is coming for degraded people who, when the church approves it, oh, that's a Catholic thing. This may shake thoughts, but Our Lady doesn't want the church to approve Medjugorje. After 25 years, I think the Bishop of Mostar would have been convinced, or even the Pope. Medjugorje is in the most perfect situation to expand right now. Because it's, it's within canon laws, private revelation. And there's no structure over it. No structure to stop it. Medjugorje is free. Because it's Our Lady's plan, and she's guiding it, and she's come to draw the world out of the whirlpool. It sinks in of sin. Medjugorje is not supposed to be approved, at least now. Medjugorje is not supposed to be underneath those structures within the church. Our Lady is coming as Queen of the world. Our Lady is not coming right now as Queen of the Catholic Church. Give me a Catholic t-shirt. We own Mary. If you ain't Catholic, you're going to hell, Muslim. You think it's a mistake that she ended up in the Quran? And that Mohammed himself said she's the greatest woman who ever lived? Above his own daughter? Mohammed's own daughter? The Virgin Mary is held as the greatest woman who ever existed above his daughter named Fatima? What? Mohammed's daughter's named Fatima? What? Guadalupe? Where'd that name come from? From a Muslim river. What? A Muslim river? Guadalupe is a Muslim name? What? Muslims have a devotion to Our Lady. They pray on beads. First time I saw one, I thought he had a rosary. It's beads. Read the message. It's just a tweaking of illumination. Massive conversion. Massive conversion to who? To her son, Jesus. There's a lot of reasons the church is not supposed to prove Medjugorje. I've never wanted the church to approve it. I love my church. I'm obedient to it. I'll die Catholic. I'm strong Catholic. But these apparitions are not to be underneath the church at this time. Queen of all mankind and all peoples. While we're on this subject, I know there's another question. This is from Medj side again. A question from Med. It says... I was told that the only official website that the St. James Church in Medjugorje has approved is their site. Does that mean that your website, medj.com, has not been approved? Can you please explain to me if your website has received approval from the church in Medjugorje? I'm not deceived by this question. What's the motivation for something like this? Even if the asker is innocent, who put that up? Do you need approval to spread all these messages? Did she tell you to be apostle and I got to go find out somebody somewhere and say, can I be apostle? We didn't get our call from the structure in Medjugorje. We got a call straight from Our Lady. And that's what people first have to understand. You are free to exercise the spread in the Medjugorje. I addressed this before and I want to cover this because it's like Oscar Wilde said, people forgive everything except success. And every time we start something, we meet tremendous resistance. And what's behind it is jealousy, envy. We're for everybody. 
Lord knows we can't reach 6.5 billion people. Everybody's got to be a part of it. We're for all Medjugorje centers, however they do. But we're not over them, and they're not over us. But the instant someone starts being successful, somebody wants to say, oh, well, you've got to be approved. Regarding approval, there's a lack of understanding in regards to priestly jurisdiction and what the church gives its members as Catholics in performing ministry. In regards to this question, the following needs to be understood. First of all, the church has neither canonical laws nor requirements for Franciscans to approve those who spread private revelations, in this case, Our Lady's messages. That permission comes from the laws of the church. We support and respect the church and who they put in the parish of Medjugorje. However, parish approval has no jurisdiction over our work and the spreading of Our Lady's messages. We in no way express that we oppose the Franciscans. They're in the parish and we support all that is in their jurisdiction. As indicated, we are for everyone who sincerely spreads Our Lady's messages. Rather, we have our mission and it is structured in loyalty to the church and its statutes especially the right the church gives us to promote private revelations. Cardinal Ratzinger, now Pope, said in regards to ecclesiastical approval of private revelations that has three elements. He gave this in relation to the third secret of Fatima being released in 2000 of June. He said, one, the messages contain nothing contrary to the faith and morals. Our Pope said that in the year 2000 in June. Number two, it is lawful to make public. Canon law gives us the right. Number one was nothing contrary to faith. Nothing's been found contrary to the faith in the messages. And number three, the faithful are authorized to accept it with prudence. We're in compliance. You've heard it from the Pope. You don't need anything else. Therefore, the arcane of private revelations or the spreading of its messages are not dependent on approval or disapproval by a local parish priest? That answers this question. The priest says it's not approved. Then depend on that. The church has not granted this authority, nor does Rome even require us to seek such approval because of the criteria of spreading or following private revelations are already laid out by the church. Therefore, the people are on equal footing with the parish priest to spread the message. That is why Our Lady encourages all to spread her messages. On August 23rd, 1993, she says, I myself, I myself invited you here, each one of you, for I need you to spread my messages to the entire world. January 10th, 1985, I love you and I want you to spread my messages with the heart. Everyone must understand that Medjugorje is not owned by a religious order or a community or individuals. We in the community of Caritas realize that even if it was to our own detriment, we must always propagate and pass on our lady's messages and be steadfast in this. He who knows the message yet does not stand up for the message will not stand at all. It is the message and it is what our lady's done, not man. Her plan, when held fast to, when stood up for, was secure one, anchor one that no storm can harm. We've always done that. We've always stood up, and we've always come through the storms standing up. Many have been blown away, never anchoring to the messages of Our Lady's plans, rather to their message and to their plans. A foundation of sand, 
No one else can approve anyone else to promote the message or not promote the message. This mentality has choked Medjugorje and weakens Our Lady's work. Our Lady calls everyone to spread the messages and however they're inspired. Medjugorje is not to be strangled by this damaging mentality. Medjugorje is to be freely expressed through the Holy Spirit. And those who prosper in grace will flourish in their mission and their endeavors. And they're not to be hindered, impeded, or have obstacles thrown in their way. God is big enough to rise up those he has chosen and cast down those who are not to be in the movement. Purity of intentions is the importance. Not to promote the message because of fear of position and then to stime others who do so because they don't want them to flourish is a crime. Yes, crime of which sentence will inherit one's own removal. Our Lady's way is free. The way is not on. The way is not to be controlled. Our Lady doesn't need man's approval for who works for her or anyone outside of Rome's hierarchy to say one message is official and one message is not because it's not to one's liking. Hiding under theological veil when in reality it's because of concerns that the church's authority may react to the message displays a total lack of confidence and belief in the apparitions and trust of Our Lady. We've seen that. We seem reluctance to give the message because of what the hierarchy is going to think about it. If Our Lady says it, it's validated. Why are we worried about that? If we believe in the apparition, we don't have to worry about that. Who should worry about repercussions that they may be because of the position the Queen of Heaven says something or does not say something? No consideration should be given to the cost. These are private revelations and the church gives the right for them to be spread. Again, I state that. To try to navigate from Medjugorje ultimate approval by sanitizing and mundaning the events of Medjugorje displays a crisis of faith in these apparitions themselves. We at Caritas have never worried about what Our Lady does or says, and we promote it freely without qualifications because we have full faith in her apparitions. It is Our Lady who expects, chooses, and calls us to be missionaries to propagate the message to be her apostles. Our Lady says to do so. She expects us to propagate it, not stime it. It is her words. February 25th, 1995. Dear children, today I invite you to become missionaries of my messages, which I am giving you here through this place that is dear to me. In 85, she says, I'm anxious for people to know that what is happening in Medjugorje, speak about it so that others will be converted. In September 29th, 83, preach my messages, speak of the events of Medjugorje, continue to increase the prayers. Now, I can continue on this. My point made is we are free. And for years we've listened to this mentality, our objections. Well, so-and-so says it's not approved. Baloney, you don't have to stop at that. Roll over it. Roll over them. They don't have the authority. They're taking authority they do not have. You have authority to spread all these messages. They don't. And you stand with the church. I've always been confounded why people keep seeking the church to prove it before they're going to do anything. The church is going to prove it after the third admonition. You're going to wait till then? They didn't approve of Christ. The Pharisees didn't. It's been like this with the saints. So we'll continually have this problem. And until we realize that God doesn't want this approved at this time, we're going to struggle with it. And i got more I can say with it again, but I won't go into it. A 
and you have been listening to A Friend of Medjugorje from December 2006. A lot has been said in the past 20-some-odd minutes. Before he closes, we just want to explain a little bit about what he's about to say. He's going to take a question from somebody in the audience, and when he takes the question and he gives the answer, it's amazing to hear what he's talking about. And Keep in mind, this is 15 years ago. This is before... They fired the first shot. This is before it ain't going to happen. This is before the new communities conferences and a lot of the things that have happened since that period of time. But to hear his answer and how he answers this person's question is everything that Medjinomics is all about. And a friend of Medjugorje explains certain things. And in answering the question, he actually says a lot of what we're actually seeing happening right now. And it is amazing in his answer, the direction he gives, how many of you have taken his advice. And so to conclude, here is a friend of Medjugorje from December 2006. The question is, is she went to the feed store to buy food stock for animals. And this woman said that the price is going up and they were talking about it and the reason it's going up is because of a world food famine. The question is, are we doing anything to prepare for that? No, we're not preparing for that. We didn't prepare for Y2K. We believe Our Lady's called us to live a life in simplicity. That's an agrarian way of life. If you live an agrarian way of life, you have to prepare for your harvest and your hay the year before. The squirrels do it. Animals do it. Man is doing it at the grocery store. He's got a paycheck. He goes and gets this can of soup. This is very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Does it sound like I'm saying prepare? No, I think it's wrong. People are storing and hoarding food. This is wrong, wrong. A lot of people did this during Y2K. And they went back. They should have changed and went into the grand way of life. This economy is going to crash. It is a given. You start researching it. Every expert out there knows, and they're just buying time. The fact that it hasn't thus far is mercy from God. He's holding it up. How long could you last if the grocery store is emptied? There's a fine line when I say that because you think, oh, I got to go store. It's not a matter of getting a cupboard full of food. It's a matter of having a way of life that you're drawing forth the fruits of the land. We did it for a virtuous reason to save money for the mission. We realize, though, now that it's Our Lady's inspiration to get us living the life we're supposed to have. We can't support a thousand people. We support ourselves. And this is the, really the path everybody needs to be on. You know, if you've got a house that's worth three, five, six hundred thousand dollars in subdivision, dump it. If you've got equity, buy land. Get out if you have to move into a mobile home. It's the godly way to live, it's a joyful way to live. And don't think you can just make it as your own one family. You need to share your land with other people. You need to allow other people to come and stay on it. Because you can't be in a grand way of life by yourself. You can't do it. We hope within the next year or two to have a, a gathering of people across the country to show them how to establish community. How to build a community. You need to get in it. You need to find 30 families in a church who are singles and put 30 houses up and your pastures and your little dairy. You need to live that way in a grand way of life. The kids can run it. The fathers still can work outside. But if you're raising your own food, the health, the joys, everything that comes with it is all fruits from it. But this famine or whatever it is, 
You know, that was in biblical, in biblical times, and, it, and it's certainly going to be coming in the future. It's not a doom and gloom prophecy. It's just facts. It's just facts. And again, do research. Don't take it with the newspapers. Everybody's wanting to sell and get to the next point. But people in the know know we have a massive, volatile, very dangerous situation that could happen tomorrow. And they know now it's, it's too big to fix. It's not going to be fixed. China already has said they want 70% of their foreign investments diversified in other things, in, in metals, silver and gold. This is going to happen. And people think, I run, I, I got to get anxious. You got to start praying. You got to start building community. You know, we can go on a long, long time about that subject, but you, you know, just looking here, what we've done, we didn't do this to have a great way of life. We did this purely to live the way of Our Lady. She guided us to that. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.